Okay, ladies, this morning I have been given the passage of Psalm 98. I know, ladies, you have been here the last couple of weeks and you've been studying along together and I have been listening at home. Um, The Psalms have been a great encouragement and a blessing to my soul over the years. Um, I can look at many of the Psalms and how God has took certain Psalms and, and verses from those Psalms and has spoken to my heart even guided me um, here to Canada through one of the Psalms. And so um, this is a Psalm that I, I, knew, I know well. I have read many times, but I've never really studied it. It's been one that you, you read or you maybe quote at the start of a meeting, um, but I never have really looked at it in depth. So this has been good for me to be able just to look at the Psalm um, in depth and kind of see what the Lord has to say to us. Um, at the start, uh, start of my, um, in my Bible, at the start of a psalm, it says, A call to praise the Lord for his righteousness. And so we're just going to read Psalm 98, um, verses 1 to 9. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with Ilar, with Ilar and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Amen. Ladies, let's just pray together before we look at God's word. Father, we thank you, God, for your word, Lord. We thank you, God, that you want to speak to us this morning, encourage our hearts, Lord, um, even challenge us, Lord. We pray, God, that you would just give me the words to say, Lord, fill my mouth, Lord, and open our hearts, Lord, to hear from yourself, to understand and to see your word and what you're saying to us, God. We thank you for this opportunity lord as we can study together lord just pray that you be with us now in jesus name amen well ladies john phillips titled this psalm as the magnificent of the old testament and so i felt before we even start to study this psalm we have to first go back to luke uh, 1 verse 46 to 55 and I'm sure many of you already know going there to look that we're looking at 
Mary's song or the Mary's Magnificent. It seems the Virgin Mary had this psalm in mind when she composed her song. As she spoke to the Lord in her song, I believe God had already been speaking to her through Psalm 98. It is like an echo. Her song is like an echo of Psalm 98. All the way, the, all the way through, we can trace the very underlying theme of this psalm. For example, if you were to look at the psalmist and what he said, oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, and then we were to turn to Mary, she says, he that is mighty have done great things. Then we turn to the psalmist again, and he says, his own right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. We then look to Mary, and she says, he have shown strength with his arm and scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. We can go on, but I didn't write them all down, ladies. I felt like this is something I thought that maybe you could do at home. Turn to Psalm 98 and then turn to Luke 1 and read Mary's song alongside this psalm and see for yourself how the two echo off each other. Where Mary's mind would have been as she was singing her praise unto the Lord, she had in mind this psalm of Psalm 98. Out of this old song, out of this old psalm, Mary brought forth a new song to the Lord. And that's just where we begin because obviously when we go to the Psalm 98 and verse 1, it talks about singing a new song unto the Lord. Psalm 98 is one of the coronation psalms. It is there to... Oh dear... It is there to celebrate the return from Babylon and to anticipate the coming kingdom of Christ. And so this morning we're going to look at the three main themes of this psalm. The Lord's might, the Lord's mercy and the Lord's majesty. So as we look at the Lord's might, we turn to verse 1 to 2. Um. First of all, we look at the song of the Lord. Psalm 98 verse 1, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The psalmist starts off with a call to sing a new song unto the Lord for the marvellous things he has done. The psalmist Looking back to the old songs of praise, maybe he was looking back to the songs of praise from Moses. When they were brought out of captivity, when they were brought out of Egypt, when they crossed the, the, the sea and whenever the Egyptians were, were engulfed in the water and they were defeated and they sang unto the Lord. And the psalmist was probably looking back at songs from of old but then he was looking from a time of deliverance himself. He was looking from a time of deliverance from Babylon. He was looking from that time. And so this new song rose from his mouth. A new song of praise to God for the marvellous things he had done in the past. And the marvellous things that he was doing now in the life of God's people. The Israelites. They sing because of the deliverance. 
um, from Babylon. You know, when Miriam sang unto the Lord, she didn't use an old Egyptian song. Whenever Deborah um, sang unto the Lord, she didn't use Miriam's song. They might have had those songs in mind. Maybe they had heard of them. Maybe they knew of them. But they sang a new song out of the triumph that was happening in their life at that time. Spurgeon said, there must be new songs on new occasions of triumph. Now, ladies, for ourselves, when we look at this, we see, I was just um, thinking of, you know, every morning when I get up and I'm praying with the kids, I always pray this prayer every morning for God's mercies that are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. And I was thinking this morning, are not his mercies new every morning and his faithfulness every night? God is always doing something new in our lives. He's always doing something new in the church. He's always doing something new in our world, in our land. So if God is always doing something new in us and doing new wondrous things, then should we not be bringing new songs of praise to him and unto him? Not just for the past and what God has done in history, or in the Bible, or what God has done in the past in our own lives, but for what God is doing today in our lives. And you know, that causes us sometimes to seek our hearts and to seek even, what is God doing in my life today? And sometimes we may not see those new things that God is doing. We may not see the deliverances. We may not see the mercies. But we know that God is doing great things in our lives. The concept of the new song means there should be something fresh and dynamic about worship and the songs we sing to God. It may not always be new words, but a new freshness in our hearts. Singing out of the new experiences that we are going through. Ladies, I don't know if you can think back in your, your own life, um, even lately, and when you're singing a, a hymn in church or you're singing a, a, a song in church and you're just praising the Lord. And in your mind is something that God has done recently in your life. And you're just praising him out of what he is doing, out of that new experience, out of what God is doing in your heart. The song becomes fresh, right? It becomes new. It may be old, but it becomes new within you. I'm not a songwriter. I'm not going around writing new songs. But I do, when I am praising and worshipping the Lord, there's a newness and a freshness comes whenever we look at what God is doing afresh in our lives at that time. Graham Scroggy said, Old songs become new when the heart sings them with new joy, born of a new experience. Ladies, we've been going through this time of COVID and many of us have had struggles. Many of us have found it really hard. Um, I think all of us can say there's been something that has maybe been difficult for us. But when we look back at all that God has done through this time, we can see that he has been faithful and he has been good. And we can see even what God has been doing in our hearts and in our lives, how he has been growing us and, and molding us and shaping us and at the start of this whole COVID thing I had a 
total meltdown and I've talked to a few of the ladies in this room and they know what I was going through at that time and I remember one lady saying to me we just need to turn to the Lord and bring our eyes back onto him and I always used to sit in my devotions my quiet times and I used to just sing and for a long time because of things that were going on in my my life and in my heart I couldn't sing I lost the ability to really sing. Sorry, ladies. And Timothy would always say to me, I miss hearing you sing. I miss hearing you just praising the Lord, just shouting it out, whether you're in tune or not in tune. I just miss that. And so over the whole last six months seven months whatever there was a time just where the lord really just broke into my heart and just brought a new song into my heart again and it was reading this over these past couple of weeks the lord just reminded me of that out of these experiences out of these new experiences these hard experiences comes that new song welling up in our hearts so sing to the Lord a new song, for he has and is doing wondrous and great things in us and through us and in our world today. God is still on the throne. What experiences has God brought to your life? What experiences can he use to bring a new song? What experiences is he using to make the songs and the praises that we are singing new and afresh in our hearts or more real to us. There is a reason we sing. There is a reason we praise. We praise because the wondrous things he has done, the miracles and the wonders. We don't sing just for the sake of singing we don't sing or we shouldn't sing just because we have to, but we should sing because of, the, because of a reason, because of what God has done for us out of thankfulness and out of love for him. You know, over this weekend, we've been celebrating Thanksgiving and we, we, when we sit down with our families and we start talking about things that we are to be thankful for and we always get to go around the table and get the kids to say something they're thankful for and most time it's mummy, daddy, family, food, whatever. It's something simple. But you know what? Sometimes we forget those things. Forget to be thankful for even those little things, right? And sometimes it takes a child to remind us that without God we wouldn't even have those things. So even... Out of love, out of thankfulness, we bring praise onto him. We then turn to the strength of the Lord. And the last part of verse 1, we come to his right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. His right hand and holy arm are what have won the victory. Not the people, not the, the Israelites, not the armies, not us. We have not won the victory, but it is God himself. God needed no help to overthrow Babylon. He needed no help to overthrow Egypt. He needed no help to do the things that he has done in our lives. Time and time again, 
we see God's hand in history and we see God's hand in our life. And as we look at past events, we see that God was and is in control. You know, I've heard many people over this time saying, what is God doing? You know, what's happening in this world? You know, why is all this happening? Why are we going through this? And we can get so stuck in all the negative things and we forget that God is still on the throne and God is still in control and he's in control of even of his situation. And we may not always like it. We may not like what we're going through. My my mum contacted me last night and they've been given new restrictions. They can hardly do anything now at home. Everything's been shut down again. And, you know, my mum said you could you could be angry you could be annoyed you could be cross you could get upset and wonder what's happening but at the end God is still in control and we need to look at God's right hand is still there God is still doing something even in this time do we begin to just grumble and complain and forget what God has done or what God is doing no we praise him for his strength we praise him As we observe God's right hand and behind that hand, his holy arm, behind that stands all the resources and a resolve of all deity. God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are all there right with us in this time, whatever we're going through. He is right there in control. He's not lost control. God is still sovereign. And we cannot forget that. And so out of that comes our praise. Out of that gives us something to sing about. God is involved in even the little things. The little affairs of our everyday life. He's there. Let's praise him for it. We then look to... The salvation of the Lord. Psalm 98 verse 1, verse 2. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. You know, the Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has shown to all. Not just to us. Not just to the Israelites, not just to a certain people, but God has revealed it and shown it to all nations. That is, this is evident because of the public nature of God's unfolding work of redemption. God has, was not hiding his plan of salvation. When we go through the Bible and we look We can see God's plan and hand of salvation throughout the whole of scripture. God never hid it, even from the other nations. He never hid his hand of salvation or what he was doing. Maybe in those days they did not fully grasp or understand how great God's plan of salvation was. The vastness of it and what it would mean for us today. But God has not hidden what he has done or what he is doing. This is a prophecy of a coming day when all the earth will hear. 
God has not only made a plan of salvation, but has made known all his plan that all would know. All would know. God has made known his salvation in a way beyond the psalmist's expectation in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and the worldwide spread of the gospel are a fulfillment of this. G. Campbell Morgan said, the Hebrew singer celebrated a truth, the full value of which he had hardly recognised. He was celebrating this truth, but he didn't fully know what God was doing. But we do. We look back, they were looking forward They were seeing prophecies, but they had not seen and they had not known that Jesus Christ would come into this world, would come and die for our sin, would come and have victory over sin and over death. That he would come and he would bring salvation to all nations and would bring salvation to us. Isn't that wonderful? We can look back and we can praise and we can see all that God has done. But God has made known. He had made known even to the psalmist that little bit of what was coming, but he has made known to us what has already took place for us. What a wonderful Blessing it is to know that God has made known to us and has revealed his righteousness in the sight of all nations. So ladies, we have looked at the Lord's might. We're going to turn to the Lord's mercy. And this brings us to verse 3 to 6. And this we have the remembrance of mercy in verse 3. It says, he has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. He, God, remembered his mercy and faithfulness to his covenant people of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. It was all in his plan of salvation for us. When he made that covenant to them, he had us in mind. He had all creation and all nations in mind, that plan. God works, God's work was centred in the house of Israel, but the ends of the earth were never to be forgotten. So God may be, have begun with Israel, but he had in mind all nations in the end. From the very beginning of his covenant plan with Abraham, all the families of the earth were in view. That includes me and that includes you. God had us in mind whenever he was setting a covenant promise with Abraham. He had you on his mind and you on his heart. Isn't that a wonderful thing to remember this morning? 
Sometimes we need that reminder that from the very beginning, God was thinking of us. From the very beginning, we were on his mind. God not only remembered the people of Israel, but God was thinking of the ends of the earth and the salvation that he would bring. Verse 4 to 6 then brings us to the result of that mercy. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord. We have so much to praise him for. When I look at these verses, I think of Palm Sunday comes to my mind. As Jesus, the King of Kings, rode into Jerusalem on that donkey. Here was all these people who were waiting on the Messiah to come. Maybe some in their minds thought that he was the Messiah. Maybe some got caught up in the moment, but it wasn't a mistake. There they were making that joyful noise onto the Lord. They were shouting praises onto Jesus that day. The king who was coming into Jerusalem. They didn't know why he was coming. They didn't know what he was coming for, but they were singing and shouting praises and with joy onto him. Rejoice in song, enthusiastic song and praise. Give our hearts fully to worship and praise. Ladies, I don't know what you're like. Maybe some of us don't like to sing because maybe we think we can't sing. Um, but we don't always have to sing, right? There's other ways of worshipping and praising God, right? In our hearts. But also here in the psalm, it talks about the music, the instruments that were used. Not only the voice, but the instruments that were used to praise the Lord. Obviously, many of these instruments were used in the temple worship. These instruments were used when kings would come home from their battlefields and they were celebrating. They would have instruments and people singing and praising because of what had happened, because of what the Lord had done and what, because of what the king had done at that time. But they were lifting their voice and their instruments in praise to the Lord and all that he had done. And so when we stand in church and we hear the drums and, and the piano and we hear the guitar, it's all worship unto the Lord. It's not just an accompaniment. I can't get my words out today. It's not just an accompaniment to the, the song. It's also worship unto the Lord and whether we are at home and we're just maybe reading a song because we don't like to sing songs it's still lifting our voice onto the Lord and that is what the Lord is asking of us to shout joyfully 
to him, to sing praises to him, to use whatever instrument he has given to us to sing and praise on to him, the King, the Lord. And then we turn to the last couple of verses and we look at the Lord's majesty. Psalm 98 and verse 7 to 9. We'll just read them here. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is a reminder to us of all, that all creation will know its creator and will worship its maker. When sin came into the world, sin not only destroyed our relationship with God, but it also destroyed the perfect world that God had created. Imperfections came into the world. There was no longer that peaceful sea, but there was raging, roaring seas. There was storms, there was thorns and weeds that grew up out of the ground. Sin came and sin took away what creation was meant to be. With sin, all creation had turned its back on its maker. But when Christ comes again, all the earth will bow to him. I don't know if you've ever watched the movie, The Star. It's a Christmas movie and it's one of my kids' favourites. They watch it all year through, not just at Christmas time. They always want to see it. And the very first time we watched this movie, I was really drawn at the end whenever they were in the stable. And I know if you know the movie, all the animals come into the stable at the end. And even these are two big dogs that had been chasing the donkey around and trying to make sure that this baby wouldn't be born. And all these animals came in, even these two big angry dogs, and all of a sudden all the anger was gone. And there before them was Mary and Joseph and this little baby in a manger. And as the animals all stood there for a while, they didn't really know what was really happening. And then the three wise kings come in and they bow down before this baby and they give their gifts onto the baby. And then one of the kings says about this newborn king. And all of a sudden you can see all the animals' eyes just open wide and they all bow down before this beautiful baby in front of them because they suddenly realise this is a king before them. Now, I don't know if that really happened whenever Jesus was born. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say any radical this morning. But, uh, <laughs> but when watching that movie, it just reminded me that the Bible has said one day all the nations, all creation will bow down before him, will worship him. 
they will know. The sea will roar the world and those who dwell in it. They all will know. They all will show forth their worship to the Lord, to the King, to Jesus. Even nature itself will join in the universal hymn of praise. That is a new song indeed. When Jesus returns and all will bow down before him. In nine, verse 9, our last verse, verse B, 9B. At the end, it is no longer about the wondrous things that he has done, but it is for the work that is a, he is about to do. It is about the future. It is about what God is going to do. It is talking about God's coming judgment God bringing judgment with righteousness and equity. It's talking about how God's going to come and judge each person, judge the world for what they have done. But this judgment that is coming, it will be done with wisdom and it will be done fairly. If I was to judge the world and if I was to judge even myself and the people in this room and then I was to go out and I was to look at other people, I would judge people with a bias and I would judge people because maybe they're my friend and I I see these wonderful things about them but other people maybe I have a problem with so I would say you know that person doesn't really deserve God's love and that person doesn't really deserve salvation and I would be putting all my thoughts and all that I think into the judgment that I give to people, but I'm not God and I'm not perfect. And I don't have the wisdom that God is, has. And with God, there is no bribes. He won't take a bribe from someone here. I'll do this and, and then, you know, you'll let me into heaven and I'll do this. And then you will bring me, you know, give me eternal life. With God, there is no favoritism. He doesn't look at the Israelites and just forgive them and and not forgive us because we are the Gentiles. There is no off-center judgment with him. He will judge with equity. He will judge fairly. He will judge because he is God and God knows each heart and God knows where we are at. He sees the intents of our heart and that is how he judges not through what we do on the outside, not because of our praises unto him. We praise him because he deserves it. But that does not bring fair judgment from God. God judges because what he has done in sending his son Jesus and what we have done about that. Have we received him? Have we lived for him? Have we followed him for who he is? Have we worshipped him? Have we made him Lord of our lives? He judges on that and on that alone. Isn't it wonderful to know it's God judges and not us? If it was us, there would be a lot wrong with this world. And eternity wouldn't look very good. But eternity will be wonderful because God is judging.
But you know, out of that, Lord, ladies, it reminds me of we need to proclaim that song onto the nations. We need to proclaim his name onto the nations so that when they are judged, they are ready and they know. Because it's okay for us to know and it's okay for us to be ready. But there's many who are not ready and God will judge because he is a just God. So let us pray for our loved ones. Let us pray for our nation. Let us pray for our government. Let us pray for our neighbours. Let us reach out to them because we want them to be judged fairly. So we know that God will judge, but we want them to be ready for that judgment day. Ladies, I just have one final thought just at the end of this psalm. And it's really a quote, and I can't even remember who said it. I read it somewhere in all my study, and I never wrote down who said it. So maybe at some stage I will figure that out. Um, but it was this this um, guy, this um, theologian, was talking about C.S. Lewis. I think the way C.S. Lewis developed this idea in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in the first section of the book, when Narnia was under the power of the wicked witch of the north, the land was in a state of perpetual winter. Spring never came. Remember it said that it was always winter but never Christmas. It was always winter and spring never came. But when Aslan, when Aslan returned, the ice began to melt. Flowers began to bloom and the trees turned green. It may be a poetic writing, but it describes something that will happen. The rivers indeed will clap their hands and the mountains will indeed sing. And we with it will all join in. You know, I've always loved that um, book of Narnia. And when I was looking at this, you know, there was the winter. There was the wickedness. There was the problem. And then Aslan returned. And all was good again. And all showed forth that Aslan was there. And you know, Jesus will return and we will bow down and we will join in with all creation and we will worship him. Ladies, just a few final thoughts. What new song are we singing today? What new song is welling up in your heart? What is God saying to you? What has God done or doing in your life today that you can sing afresh unto him? Even the hard things, even the struggles, that we can bring forth that new song unto him. Because one day we will stand before him and we will sing with all creation.
pray before. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for this reminder, Lord. We're singing a new song unto you, God, because you deserve our praise. You deserve our worship. You deserve our everything, Lord, because of all that you have done and all that you are doing. God, you are still on the throne. Lord, you are have not lost control. Lord, you are sovereign over all. And Lord, one day all creation will sing, will worship, will bow down before you, God. And Lord, let us live our lives in a way that honours you, that exalts you, that glorifies you, God. May our lives be an example, Lord, to those around us, those that we meet, our neighbours, our loved ones who do not know you, God. May they see God and all his glory. They may, may they see the salvation of God. Oh Lord, may you go before us today and continue to speak to our hearts. May your word, Lord, just keep speaking on to us, Lord, as we go home and as we study and as we live our lives, Lord, that you, Lord, will be, Lord, ever on our lips, Lord. Praise on you will ever be on our lips, Lord. So God, just go before us today, Lord. Strengthen us, help us, Lord. God, deliver lives in a way that honours and glorifies you. Amen.